welcome to the Chicago Justice Podcast. I'm your host, Tracy Siska. I'm also executive director of the Chicago Justice Project. More about us at chicagojustice.org. Get involved at cjpnation.org. Support our work at the Patreon link in the show notes. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please subscribe. If you're watching on YouTube, smash that subscribe and like button. We'd really appreciate it. That really helps. Today, we're going to be talking about two pretty Chicago hackish things. You know, it's Chicago after all. Arnie Duncan, former Secretary of Education under Barack Obama and that Chicago regime. We're going to talk about his really crappy, illogical, stupid um, endorsement of Paul Ballas. And it's not because it's a Ballas versus uh, Brendan Johnson thing, but the logic behind it is mind-bogglingly stupid. Then we're going to talk about a Tribune's editorial about making or drawing comparisons from Trump and what's going on, his criminality in New York and everywhere else, and Jesse Smollett. They just can't let go of this. They just want to beat that case into the ground and use it for whatever purposes they can exploit out of it. Okay, for, so our first segment today, we're going to talk about Arnie Duncan backs Paul Vallis in the April 4th runoff. Vallis, I believe, and the Trib wrote an editorial about why I'm going to take from the Sun-Times article about um, describing that. So here's directly from the article. Former U.S. Education Secretary Arnie Duncan is endorsing Paul Vallis in the April 4th mayoral runoff, calling Vallis the best person to force the Chicago Police Department into the modern age and change the police union's deeply ingrained culture of passive resistance to reform. Okay, first of all, ladies and gentlemen, let's remember, Arnie Duncan is a total Obama Chicago machine hack. Let that not be mistaken. And Vallis, if you look at his endorsements, besides the alt-right lining up against him, lining up for him and donating massively, you're seeing the Chicago machine hacks get behind him. What makes him think that Vallis is a better option to push reform with the police? Vallis was brought in as a consultant to help the union negotiate their contract with the city. He was brought in by the union leadership. Okay, the FOP's union leadership, you've heard about me talk about this for John Cotanzara, total extremist alt-right regime. The police union did not endorse him to swallow reforms that they would not take from anyone else. That's insanity. They're not giving him money and doing that so that he can um, give them the reforms the police department so dearly needs. What the hell is that about? Ballas has been saying it's, we need to unleash the police. We need to, among other things, we need to redo the reforms or get rid of the reforms and restrictions on foot and car pursuits some of which are the most dangerous things officers get involved with. They are frequently ending really bad results for the police, for the people being chased, the suspects, and for the public at large. Now, that doesn't seem like a guy that's set to make the police department swallow reforms they don't want to do, does it? The premise is BS. It's total bullshit. Right, but that's the way these hack machine guys get in line. They have to make up an excuse. 
They have to make up a reason other than some master with money told them to do it. Now, the premise relies on the same bullshit, but flipped around Johnson. Johnson, because of his ties to the Chicago Teachers Union and CPS being a former CPS teacher, saying, I'm the best person to reform the schools and um, get CPS, I mean, get the CTU, Chicago Teachers Union, to agree to reforms because I'm one of them and they'll take it from me. The CTU is not giving you, giving Johnson tons of money and supporting him and backing him and endorsing him to swallow reforms they don't want. You don't think that Johnson cut some deal with CTU, CTU leadership about what those reforms were going to be? Just like you don't think Ballas and the FOP leadership had a talk and the range of reforms restricted? You're nuts. You're insanity. That happened. That's a political reality, and it's also a Chicago reality. And Arnie um, Duncan knows this, but he just wants you like a Jedi mind trick to not think about it, right? Back to the article. This one's a little longer. Much of Duncan's strategy coincides with Johnson's $1 billion plan to deliver Chicago from violent crime by investing in people. But Duncan chooses Vallis, citing his ongoing relationship with the FOP. Think about this, ladies and gentlemen. Chicago job. Arnie Duncan created Chicago CRED, and I forgot what CRED stands for, so I apologize. I've had someone from that organization on our show before, on the pod before. They do a lot of anti-violence work. That's basically what they do. Johnson wants to just flood that area, the not anti-violence work area, with money. They wants to create... Um, crisis response. He wants to really beef that up throughout the city or response without the police. That's something, by the way, that Duncan, all the Duncan's for all of that. Okay. Why back? Why back Vallis? Is it a race thing? Chicago cred mostly serves black and brown people. So that doesn't make sense. Is it a machine thing? Is it a money thing? Like not money for his organization, but is he getting paid somehow? It doesn't make any sense. You can be against Brandon Johnson's view of things and back the other candidate. That makes sense. But Duncan, for the most part, is really should be and has verbalized being in line with a lot of things that Johnson's pushing. What the hell's going on here? Back to the article. Duncan worked for Vallis and succeeded him as CEO of Chicago Public Schools. He called Vallis our best hope for a safe Chicago because he can tell the police the truth and hold them accountable. He wants to get rid of the restrictions they put on foot chases and car chases. What the hell is Arnie Duncan talking about? He's either detached from reality or there's some corrupt bullshit going on here. Back to the article. How that Paul Vallis would be the best person to push CPD into the modern age and bring changes to a toxic, broken police culture. Vallis comes from a, police fa a family of police. As an unpaid advisor to the FOP and the union representing police sergeants, he negotiated meaningful reforms in both contracts. He also has not taken contributions from them. What reforms? Have you noticed a difference? The, FOP, the police department is failing on the consent decree. Bellis wants to unleash police, bring in proactive reforms. What the hell is Arnie Duncan talking about? If you're confused, so am I. 
it may be, it must be because he comes from a police family. Okay, well, you're the one who brought up his family, Arnie. So now we can talk about that police family. His son is being investigated in, in a controversial shooting, and I forgot the city. I think it's Texas, but it may be New Mexico, um, where the person, I believe, died. So that's the police family, okay? And he's not being investigated internally. I think it's being investigated by the prosecutor or criminal charges. Doesn't mean he did anything, but the investigation is still active. You're the one who brought up his family, so we get to talk about his family. His wife's also a cop. When we created the legislation to create COPA, Citizen Office of Police Accountability, we created um, the Deputy Public Safety Inspector General's Office. They created the Community Commission. I was a very, very small piece of that among many, many other people. We worked very hard to make sure that cops couldn't be put in charge of the reform systems or really be a meaningful part. You had to be gone so long and retired. I don't think cops should be a part of that at all. X out, not at all. Um, internal affairs for the CPD sucks and that's active police. There's no reason to think the police are gonna reform the police. That's crap. Well, it doesn't mean no one in policing wants to do it. The, just because some good police are pushing, it doesn't mean the culture is gonna break and change. It's bullshit. Back to the article, and this is a little bit of a longer piece too, but it's the last one. That's why Chicago needs a mayor who can tell CPD and its union the hard truth. We need the CPD to take responsibility for his long and troubled history of abuse. We need to deploy police where they, where and when crime is happening instead of where and when they choose to work. Agreed. We need to recruit good police, not just more police. Agreed. We need leadership to create a department that is sincerely committed to real partnerships with the community instead of just lip service. The last part. And we need to do all of these things by rebuilding morale in a department where retirements and suicides have spiked. It's a daunting challenge. Yes, let's get someone who's a former cop. I mean, uh, his wife is a former cop. His son's an active cop. Let's get a guy who wants to unleash the police, bring back proactive policing, and remove uh, restrictions on per foot pursuits and car pursuits. That sounds like the guy that's going to reform the department to Arnie Duncan. What the hell is Arnie talking about? Is he on drugs? Doubtful. Is he a racist? Doesn't seem like it. Is he a Chicago police, a Chicago ha political hack? And he just likes hacksters? That sounds about right. And like I said before, is Vallis um, devoid of any good ideas? No, I think he's really good in some financing ideas. He probably should be head of whatever finance department for the city. That would probably be what he'd really be good at. Stuck in a room. Um, with no windows doing his policy stuff. He's good at it. There's no doubt about it. He's probably got better ideas on how to finance things than Brandon Johnson does. The reason to endorse him, the least reason to endorse Paul Ballas or one of them, this with schools, because he's got a bad history there for a lot of it, is policing and his ability to do this. Duncan is out of his goddamn mind. I'm not sure if he's expecting some payoff for Chicago credit or himself on the back end. I don't know what's going on here, but if someone can figure that out, I'd really like to know. If you got ideas, put them in the comments. Undo, I mean, this guy is not the guy to reform a department. It's just, it's chaos. Not sure what the hell's going on with them. Okay, the next segment's an editorial out of the Chicago Tribune titled, Donald Trump and Jesse Smollett have much more in common. Both merit attention from prosecutors. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, 
We're back on it. And we're going to get to the crux of the white, mostly, outrage over Smollett. The Tribune, they're so stupid, the editorial board, they put the reason. Now, remember, ladies and gentlemen, when you deal with the alt-right and the right in this country, they're supposedly pro-law law enforcement, they're pro-law and order, and they're pro-prosecuting everyone that breaks the law. Remember that. And they're small government. Remember that. Oh, okay. Remember all those. And see, like, what the hell are they talking about, right? Because what happens is it just means, in my opinion, we're for small government, all law and order, when it's being enforced on others. When you're involving our life, we want small government. When we're going to get into your life, abortion, um, drug crimes, small financial crimes like Trump. That's for others. It's not for the elites. It's not for whites. It's not for conservatives. Remember that as we get into this. Smollett and Trump have no similarities other than they're both liars. Now, I don't know if Smollett has a, a history of lying throughout his entire life. He did lie and continues to lie about that incident in Chicago years ago. No doubt. Complete hack, right? But that's about where it ends. Smollett didn't in inherit $400 million from his daddy who was a slumlord. If Smollett, idiot of the highest order for what he's did and what he continues to do around lying about this case, you're goddamn right. Do people, victims, witnesses, offenders, lie to the cops every day and all day? You're damn right they do. Damn right they do. And ladies and gentlemen, there really isn't a law against it in Illinois and in most states in the country. It is illegal to lie to the federal agents, but it is not legal, illegal to lie to local law enforcement. And there's a reason. There are some things with obstruction. It could be if you're knowingly lying to throw them off the case, but it really gets murky. And there's good reason because victims often lie out of fear so you don't want to prosecute victims or has some legitimate fear or witnesses are like, yeah, I can point the gang member out and you can arrest him, but his other 10 gang members live on the block. So as soon as I do, I'm dead or my kids are dead or my family's dead, right? Right? So that's why it's not necessarily illegal to lie to police. There are various reasons why people do it that are legitimate and a lot that are illegitimate. But here it is. Here's the crux of what's going on with Smollett. By faking racism, the actor managed to insult all Chicagoans, both those who take pride in their decent behavior and all those who suffered from the real racist attacks. That's it, ladies and gentlemen. That's what Jesse Smollett did. He insulted Chicagoans because he made up an assault and that insulted because like that, nothing like that could happen in Chicago. So let me say, I got a question for you. What do you think reflects worse on Chicago? The body counts on the weekends in the summer, every summer for 50, 60, 80, 100 years, or Jesse Smollett lying about this incident? What? What are they talking about? It was Capone. Then if you're in Chicago, they would talk about the steak, and they would talk, if you traveled, they would talk about Michael Jordan. But for the last couple of decades, at least, and more, it's violence. Did Smollett add to it a little bit? Sure. But that got forgotten because the next weekend or the weekend after the weekend after the next warm weekend, they racked up a body count. What are they talking about? But that's it. It's the insult. 
Well, can someone look up in the criminal code and send me a message if you can? Info chicagojustice.org on Twitter, on Instagram, through the YouTube comments. Where in the criminal code does it state a punishment for insulting all of Chicago? That's it. That's what he's doing. That's the crux of it. That's what he did. And that's why all these white people, especially when they prosecuted, he insulted us. And this could never happen in Chicago. Okay, five people, you know, 15, just this last weekend, there were 12 or 13 people shot and three people died. What's worse for Chicago? If that's a low weekend total or that this happened. Kim Fox handled the case like a complete amateur idiot. Undoubtedly. Was it horrible? Undoubtedly, 100%. I agree, 100%. But was she right the prosecution was bullshit? Yes. What's the prosecution of small old school thinking operating in a prosecutor's office? You're goddamn right. What was Smollett charged with? This is interactive, so I can't ask you, but what was he charged with? Most people don't know. He was charged with 16 counts of uh, felony disorderly conduct because we really don't have a statute that covers lying. He should have never been tried. He should have never went to trial and he should have never been convicted. It is a bunch of white people being insulted and they conspired like the system does we'll make up a statute and we'll make up charges and because we really need to punish you it's completely unconstitutional and bullshit is small an idiot of the highest order should fox the moron that she is at times should she have get him to plead guilty to one count of misdemeanor disorderly conduct uh, paid back the 150 grand to the CPD, although that's a bullshit number. That's what they said they spent on the investigation and admitted guilt. You're goddamn right. She's a moron. She was Jesse Smollett's worst enemy in this thing. Well, the worst enemy was the prosecutor that approved the charges and filed them. But second was Fox. That's what she should have done. And he should have withered into obscurity until he did his Oprah interview a year or two now to come back out. That's what should have happened. Fox screwed that up. Let's turn to Trumpy. I'm recording this on Tuesday, March 28th. So right now, we are looking at his, um, what I would say, tax crimes and campaign finance violations in New York City. We're looking at the, we're on the, um, we're on the indictment watch. I don't understand, and maybe this will come out in the charges. I don't understand why they're not dinging him for money laundering. Trump engaged in a conspiracy with his lawyer to create a separate company so the, co the lawyer would use his money to um, use get home equity loans to get money to put it into this company to pay Stormy Daniels who wouldn't get back to Trump. And then Trump paid Cohen back. That to me is classic money laundering. You're using a, a corporate entity to hide where the money is coming from and who's paying it. So maybe that will be part of the charge. I don't understand why it's not. Trump, now you could say that Smollett's lying was a moral violation. Probably. Now, Trump broke all kinds of laws. His lawyer that did this went to three years in, or two or three years in federal prison. He committed felonies to hide, a mor to hide a moral violation. Smollett didn't commit a felony. What, felony disorderly conduct? You're kidding me. The charges are bullshit. They're not even remotely like. Not to mention that we're on a coup the prosecution for January 6th insurrection and the coup, that's coming. We have the felonies related to the documents in Florida. And then we have the what looks like is going to be a conspiracy and um, 
like organized crime type uh, charges filed against Trump in Georgia for his plan and carrying out the attempt to overturn the election in the state. That's Trump. Smollett broke what laws? And by the way, Trump had the affair when his wife, I think, was pregnant when he slept with Stormy Daniels. Smollett really basically broke no laws. Reprehensible? Sure. Broken laws? No. Besides the lying, they're not even remotely similar. But this is how you get it because the Tribune wants to latch Smollett on anything they can to say how bad they are. See what a black person did. See what a black prosecutor did. How bad are these people? Can't get the alt-right out of the trip. They're not even smart conservatives. These are idiots. Their editorial board's full of idiots. Sorry, if you publish that, you're a bunch of idiots. Um, so we'll see. I will be back with you all next week. Um, trying to line up some interviews. Please check out our Patreon if you want to support our work. Chicago just I'm chicagojustice.org for find out more about what we do. And I mean, you want to get the show notes if you're listening to the podcast and also um, cjpnation.org to get involved. We just held, I just held a meeting last night with about 25 new interns and volunteers. If you're interested in getting involved, cjpnation.org is a form you can fill out there or go to chicagojustice.org and fill out, fill out our contact form. Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen. I'll be back with you next week.